Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the most surreal moment for me was right after I did get hurt, and I was really flustered by that moment. Walking into the arena and looking around and seeing more American flags than Chinese flags and just having this, you know, full circle moment of, wow, this is my dream. I need to live it up. I need to, you know, not throw myself a pity party and we need to get the job done any way that we can. So um, that, that to me was the most surreal moment because it was like, you know, my dream 11 years later finally came true. The head coach, Marta Crowley, asked me, she goes, can you make your bar team? Like, yeah, I got it. She's like, no, really, I need you to, to go first, set the tone for the entire team, and, and hit your bar team. And um, her and I go way back, and she knows that, I think she knows that I, I'm, I'm pretty mentally tough and that I can handle comments like that, and I would, I would rather her be very direct and straight and tell me that she needs me to hit the bar team because I'll hit it. Um, so I told her, I'm like, you know, I, I got it. I can, I'll make this bar team. But I was, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah. <laughs> You watched them. You cheered for them. Maybe you booed them. You listened to them. You were impressed by them. Today, they share their favorite memories with you. It's the Give Me a Sense podcast. Here's your host, Mike Yab. Well, we're in the throes of things for the Olympics, and I actually had an opportunity. Look, I mean, we're taping this show well in advance of the Olympics, but she is uh, one of the the stars that we have at the Pac-12 Network. I can call her uh, a friend and colleague. She's been on a numerous amount of our shows, and why she's the perfect fit for an Olympic show is because she's actually been a part of these games. Silver medalist back in 2008 on the Olympics team. She's a 17-time All-American, a national champion at UCLA. That's just a heck of a resume. Samantha Peshek is with us on the show. Samantha, it is great to have you. Thank you for having me on the show. It's Like you said, it's fun to work with you at Pac-12 and to do other projects like this. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, as I made reference to, you are actually, when this show is airing, you will even be in the country. You'll be down in Rio. You're going to be working for NBC. But I, I thought it was important to plan ahead, which is uh, unlike normally what I do for everything else in my life, um, and and have an idea because, look, the Olympics are, that's like the, icon, these are the iconic um, athletic endeavor, uh, endeavors that basically everyone in the world is watching and you got to be had an opportunity to be a part of those games back in 2008 before i even talk to you about the olympics take me through a lot of the the things that we were not aware about aware of when it comes to competing and getting to this stage because the hours of preparation the hours of practice the sacrifice that goes into it i mean i can't imagine the amount of hours of sleep that you've lost uh friends and family events that you couldn't attend just because you had to be seriously focused on on gymnastics yeah i actually think that's a really big misconception with the games or at least with my experience Uh, i'm not sure if it was the same with other sports but i know for gymnastics you know you're training 
so many hours. I was only in high school. I was going into my, just finishing up my sophomore year of high school. Um, and I was on this whirlwind of trying to accomplish my goal of going to the Olympics. And we had competition after competition. I was training two a days in the summer, over 30 hours of practice a week for the past few years. And all I wanted was to go to the games. And when I finally got named to the team, you know, it was back to work. We, we had, I think, had a few days back at home and um, went to the training camp and then went to San Jose to get apparel and then flew to Beijing and had another two weeks of two-a-day practice before the games even started. So as cool as the Olympics is and, of course, is, is like was my dream, it didn't really seem like it was that cool or that big of a deal when we were there because we were just so robotic and so routine. It wasn't until we got back from the Olympics that I really understood how special it was and what an honor it was to compete for Team USA. So when you get that swag, like I, when I watch the games and I see athletes from this country that are able to rock that red, white, and blue, like I, I think about what it would be like to broadcast. I mean, one of our colleagues, JB Long, is is gonna is fortunate enough and he's talented enough to be able to work for NBC to to call some of those events, and it's a thrill. I mean, that's on my bucket list to be a part of of that coverage. I'm not competing, but just to be a part of something like that, that's got to be such an incredible feeling for you now as you look back at that experience. Definitely. Um, I'm 24 now, and um, my first memory of an Olympic Games was when I was five years old. I watched the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia, and the USA team won gold, if, if you remember, if anyone listening yeah. probably remembers. But um, I got chills. I remember watching when I was five, and that was when I decided I wanted to go to the Olympics. And um, to still have pushed through and, and made the Olympic Games and to now, you know, continue being a fan and to continue supporting Team USA. Um, I know I'm a little biased, but best country in the world. And um, there's nothing like knowing you have so much support back at home as well. By the time the show is airing, I, I would think that opening ceremonies is is probably a day or two old at this point. So all of us would have been at that point have been able to watch that opening ceremonies. Do you remember your time walking in? We actually weren't allowed to go to opening ceremonies. So we watched it on TV. Wow. Um, the, the following day or two days after was our first day of competition. Gymnastics is always one of the first events. And um, walking uh, in opening ceremonies, I guess it's, it's kind of quite a trek. And you're standing in the heat with so many people around and, um, we're so young. I, I know that they, at least gymnastics, tries to keep the distractions at a minimum and try to minimize just how big it is. Because um, I think a lot of a lot of people can do the deer in headlights look, especially since we're a little bit younger than some of the other competitors. So I think there's there's a rhyme and reason for all of that. So we watched it on TV and we actually went to bed before it even ended. <laughs> but um, it was still really cool to watch on TV. And I hope that one day I can, I can do it in person. Well, what's that dynamic like when you have your teammates, you got like, I have no idea you're in the Olympic village, I'm assuming, because I've heard some athletes yes. don't stay in the village. Okay, so you're in the Olympic village. Are you do you have roommates? Does everyone get their own room? Like, how does that work? Yeah, in my experience, it was like a three bedroom um, apartment thing. Uh, three-bedroom dorm, I want to say, and then there was two of us per um, per room, and we we had, like, one little community of, like, a, not a kitchen, but, like, a communal table or whatever, and then our coaches were in the room next door, so it was kind of like a, 
airy white <laughs> um, with just a bed and all of our stuff. And um, we were lucky enough. I think that's another big misconception about gymnastics. Um, it kind of gets the reputation of being an individual sport, but, you know, we travel once a month on the national team to do national team training camps, and we become really good friends and, like, sisters. So um, it's actually a really cool thing. You just get to have a sleepover with all of your best friends accomplishing your dream together. So it's, it's that that aspect um, adds a different dynamic and a really, really awesome dynamic as well. Do you guys, like, decorate even though that you're there in a short period of time does like anyone like hang some posters up or something to, to color up the, the the dorm so to speak oh um, i don't think we did to be honest you went white walls um, the whole time wow yeah i'm i'm like thinking back and i know we just had clothes and stuff everywhere because we were traveling for so long you never know what you're going to need um usa gymnastics gives you a lot of apparel usa team usa gives you a lot of apparel so we had like two huge bags just full of stuff, and um, yeah, I just remember we had lots, lots of, lots of clothing and leotards everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who were your? You said three to uh, essentially like kind of a, a dorm style room. Who were your roommates? Yeah, my well, there were six of us on a team, so we all were yeah. in I guess one dorm, if you will, and there were three bedrooms in each. And my roommate um, in my my room was Alicia Sakamani. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. now you guys seem like it's, you, you guys are all close and you guys, you guys are traveling. Is there a competitiveness between you guys though? I mean, because once you get to the Olympic Games, because you're right, I think in a lot of ways people think about it as an individual sport, but if you, you follow it, you, you understand there's a team aspect as well. How do you flip right. the switch to go from competitor to like high five and teammate? Um, I, I think just something innate and something that you learn growing up through the sport because people always ask me that and I'm like you're right I am I'm probably one of the most competitive people you will ever meet ever and I never once I think we you know when the competition was over I'm competitive in the sense that I want to do my best in my job and so if I'm frustrated or disappointed it's because I didn't do my job not because I I couldn't beat anyone else or not because someone else didn't make a mistake if that makes sense. I'm competitive with, with myself, and I always want to do my best. And, of course, you want to win or you want to do the best, be the best on the team, but it doesn't always work out that way. And all you can do is, is work hard and, and do your best at, the, at that time. Samantha, what's the village like? I, I want to ask you about the competitions, but fast forward, because I think I would assume that when you guys are still competing – your behaviors and what you're doing and, and the fact that the coaches are right next door, you're not out and about, but yet, you know, when I talk to Jeremy Bloom, like I get a different sense of when the games are over, you know, people kind of cut loose. It's almost like being, um, and you just went through this experience at UCLA, but I, I think back to Fordham where I finished my finals on the second day of finals, my senior year. So I had like two weeks of like extra partying basically to, to go and hang out while everyone else was sort of still studying. And I would think like competition's done, you're finished. What happens after in the village? Does everyone kind of get after it a little bit? Well, we actually um, had to go home before the Olympics were over. (laughs) Okay. Your your Olympic experience is not cool, by the way. I just want to let you know that no no opening ceremonies and you guys are done. You're home. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, 
Yeah, well, I was also 16 at the time, and I know we were we were kept on a very short leash. Um, and thinking back when I was there, I just wanted to get home back to the United States. It had been such a long journey um, in a foreign country. You know, my parents all made the journey. I had a lot of family members go, which was awesome. But I just kind of wanted to, to sleep in my own bed and do all of that. And so um, they actually, because USA has so many people make the Olympic Games, you have to leave the village after your after your event because they need to make room for other people coming for their event. Um, so that's wow. that's why we had to leave. Um, but uh, we would you know interact a little bit with other athletes in the training room. Um, I know that we we're just supposed to be very focused and disciplined and um, not really you know socialize too much. But we did meet um, some really cool athletes. I remember, I think I took an ice bath with Ryan Lochte, and he sang me, like, the entire CD of Lil Wayne, every lyric and all. And I thought that was a very interesting, fun fact about him at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, little things like that and um, seeing people in passing and um, hanging out with with Kobe Bryant and the rest of the basketball team. I I think I met more more – Olympic athletes um, at the Oprah show when we were back in the States because everyone just had a completely different demeanor and was a little bit more relaxed. I mean, a lot more relaxed and comfortable and wanting to socialize. You know, you walk by people in the village and everyone just has this bulletproof vision and um, you can tell everyone's trying to do their best and focus and not, not really try to meet people until the games are over. Sim, is that, you know, I, I would use the term fraternity because that's you know but it's mostly guys but just like the fact that you represented this country the fact that you're an olympian the fact that you you won a medal and you're able to interact with other athletes that were you know essentially the the peak of uh, you know peak performance that are out there that are also able to compete like what are those relationships like even if it's not your sport you mentioned kobe you mentioned ryan i mean those are different sports but high-end athletes that you have this common common ground with yeah, I mean, athletes that I, I knew of, I definitely got a little bit starstruck. I'm I'm extremely, extremely embarrassed to say that I didn't follow basketball at all. Um, I didn't follow that many other sports until after the Olympics. And after meeting all these athletes is, is why I got interested in, in other sports before going to college. Um, just a little background there. But I remember um, I was, you know, walking and, and kind of crossing paths with Kobe Bryant And he said something to me like, oh, where are you going? And I got really sassy with him because I'm like, who is this guy asking me where I'm going? Like, he knew we were part of the same, like, Oprah group. And so I got really sassy with him. And everyone just, it was like a hush. And I I was, like, looking around. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, like, who who did I just sass? And he ended up laughing it off and loving it and and telling me his daughters did gymnastics and wanted me to train them. And it was just this, this really funny back and forth. But... Um, I was, I pulled aside and everyone was like, I can't believe you didn't know who that was. And so I was, I was pretty embarrassed, but I think because of that, he's so used to, you know, athletes are so used to people bowing down to them. A lot of times it's just comfortable to, to hang out with them and talk to them and be funny. Like, like you would with anybody else. What, have you kept in touch with the Mamba? Like, did that relationship continue <laughs> post games? 
No, well, it was even before I knew I was going to UCLA, and so I think I totally would have been like, you know, in two years when I go to UCLA, here's my number, I'll come and train your daughter. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I hadn't even decided where I was, I hadn't even started looking for colleges at that point, so we, we lost touch a little bit, but I would hope to want to reconnect with him and just see how life is. <laughs> yeah, he's got some downtime now. It's, yeah, you know, it's not yeah. like he's getting ready for another season. Um, okay, so I, take me back to the competitions themselves, because you actually had to deal with an injury, right? It was an ankle injury, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So the mental state that you have, knowing that you've trained, you've sacrificed, you were good enough, talented enough to get to this point, and then you suffer an injury. What what happens then? Well, it was really a battle for, for two weeks leading up to the games. It, it wasn't really talked about, but I actually tore my meniscus um, after I was named to the team at a training camp in Texas before we even left. And my knee was swollen, and they kind of gave me the opportunity to fight through it or, you know, bring in bring in the alternate and, and go home. And I said, hell no. Yeah, well, no. Um, and I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And so right when we touched down in, in China, I hadn't done any gymnastics really or any, any pounding on my knee for two weeks um, or a week and a half or something like that. And um, I had to be completely back to normal. So there was a whole stressor of, you know, if I'm not good enough and I'm not up to the level that I was when they picked me for the team, they're going to bring in an alternate. So that whole stress of the games was my biggest concern and my biggest worry, I guess, being there. Um, and then I, I was back to normal. I felt great. I was ready. And then 30 seconds before the competition, I, I hurt my ankle pretty bad. And um, it was a it was a huge disappointment. But um, I think I turned the, the quarter pretty quickly. I knew that, you know, it was my duty to be the best teammate that I could be in whatever way possible. And whether that's, that's a teammate or a competitor or, you know, a cheerleader, I needed to jump in whatever role to help my teammates be the best that they could be that day since I couldn't do my part um, on the competition floor. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do bars. So that was that was the exciting part for me. Now, I know because you were essentially restricted to just that to just the bars, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz you physically couldn't do the So what was your like what's your go what was your go to in the Olympic games? Like what's the mental uh approach going, okay, I think I have a chance to win a medal in this event. What would it be? Uh definitely beam. So that was You actually that was won beam bummer for me. In the world's, correct? I won beam at NCAA championships my freshman what... year and my okay. my fifth year. Yeah. Boy. Okay, so how dis? I mean, is that like that's got to be devastating, no? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, my strongest events were probably vault, floor, and beam, and I could only do bars. But um, I think my role on the team was more of the the rock. You know, I didn't have the most amount of difficulty on bars, but I always hit my routine, and um, that's one thing the the head coach Marta Crowley asked me. She goes, "Can you make your bar routine?" Like, yeah, I got it. She's like, no, really, I need you to, to go first, set the tone for the entire team, and, and hit your bar team. And um, her and I go way back, and she knows that, I think she knows that I, I'm, I'm pretty mentally tough and that I can handle comments like that, and I would, I would rather her be very direct and straight and tell me that she needs me to hit the bar team because I'll hit it. Um, so I told her, I'm like, you know, I, I got it. I can, I'll make this bar team. But I was, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah. Is there anything that you don't think you can do in that setting? I mean, at that point, because you, you're, 
I, I know you as a confident person, you're you're the, you're painting a picture of that way as well, knowing that you're hurt. Hey, you know, I'm going to nail it. It's all right. No, no big deal. Is there a time, though, when you're in competition where you just say, hey, there's literally nothing I can't do when it comes to gymnastics? Well, well, that's a weird, a weird question for gymnastics because you go in with set routines. So it's not like I would ever go in and be like, oh, I'm going to chuck a skill that I've never, ever done before. So that's, that wouldn't really happen in gymnastics. But, but in Sam, it's like any other event. athlete, right? I mean, any other athlete who's doing their particular sport, like, and I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is the mental approach. Cause we've had other athletes on the show and they, they think, and they, they tell me these stories and I, I'm, the thing that captures me is the fact that they always seem so confident. Like there's not this doubt that ever creeps in that they're not going to be able to win or perform at this highest level. And it sounds like to me, even though you're dealing with an injury and you're in the Olympics and it's the biggest stage in the world, you still, I got it. And it's very calm. Yeah. And to me, that's fascinating. Right. Right. That's true. And and I think it's just because you've trained for that, you know, you've envisioned it, you have, um, you know, dreamt about moments like this, there's nothing that can, nothing that can stand in your way, you know, years and years and years of training, there's literally nothing that can stand in your way from doing your job, and we were coming off our team, it was basically the same team as the world championship team uh, a year before, and we came off of uh, a win in Germany, so we were going in assuming that we were going to win. And, you know, if you go into any competition and, and think otherwise, then you're in trouble, really. But um, I think it was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster when, when we won the silver medal because, you know, we were really proud and excited to be standing on the podium and even to be representing our country. But at the same time, you know, we, we wanted the gold. Is there anything that stands out in that experience? I mean, I'm sure the, the entire journey was was absolutely fantastic but is there a moment of those olympic games if someone says to you hey sam what's that what's your favorite thing that happened there like what, what's your response to that i think my the most surreal moment i don't know if this is going to answer your question but the most surreal moment was um when when i was five years old and i watched the magnificent seven they had a, a vhs tape <laughs> um of of that whole experience and i would watch it over and over and there was part in the movie where the girls walked out of the arena and, and it was in um, Atlanta, Georgia, and the whole crowd was chanting USA, USA with a flag, American flags everywhere. And, you know, every time I would watch that, you know, I think I would, I had dreams about one day that, that being me. And of course, you know, making it to the Olympics is great, but it was in, it was in China. So it wasn't going to be the exact same. And I think the most surreal moment for me was right after I did get hurt and I was really flustered by that moment walking into the arena and looking around and seeing more American flags than Chinese flags and just having this, you know, full circle moment of, wow, this is my dream. I need to live it up. I need to, you know, not throw myself a pity party and we need to get the job done any way that we can. So um, that, that to me was the most surreal moment because it was like, you know, my dream 11 years later finally came true. Wow. That's amazing. Do you still have those thoughts when you see American flags? Not, not like I used to, you know, even up until up in college, whenever I would see an American flag or we do the national anthem at, at competitions, there'd be, you know, a lot of flashbacks of really cool moments. But 
Um, I think now that I'm retired, it's just a different, it's a different mindset. And obviously um, conversations like this bring me back and, and give me chills. And I love, I love to talk about all the amazing memories um, 21 years of gymnastics has given me, <laughs> but, um, and I'm sure I'll feel the same way when I go to Rio and I'm in that, in that setting when there's so many people, you know, gunning for their country. Do you, um, so you mentioned, you just said 21 years and yes. you're still around the sport, right? Cause I mean, you're one of our colleagues, you work yes. at the Pac-12 network, you're covering gymnastics, you're still around, um, everything that's happening, at least at the collegiate games. And obviously now that you're working for NBC and then you're down in Rio when this is airing, what, do you, do you miss it at all? Do you miss competing that competition? I do. I, I miss, I miss the competitions. Um, and I miss that feeling of, you know, hitting the perfect routine, but, I always tell people I'm, I was very fortunate in the sport to experience it at literally every single level, you know, the little kid fun level, you know, the J.O. level, the elite level when it says get serious, national team, the Olympics, world championships, and then, and then competing in NCAA, which is almost a completely different sport in its own. And so to have experienced all those facets of gymnastics, I've kind of, you know, left the sport on a peaceful note, and, and I'm excited to enjoy it from the outside and enjoy other people's fight now. Sam, before I let you get going here, when you watch the Olympics and you're with other people, do you, do you watch it? Do you notice that they're watching you watch the Olympics? Hmm. Cause I feel like that's almost like a different, you know, it's like a different experience, right? Like I feel like right. when I get, and I just, I'll make it my world, which is so not even in the same stratosphere. But sometimes if I'm around people and I'm watching or critiquing a tape of a broadcast to like give notes to a student, for example, like I've noticed that people will watch me watching it and like look at and try to figure out like what observations I'm trying to make, or at least that I'm making. And I'm wondering, cause if I'm, even when I'm at the Pac-12 network and I'm with professional former football coaches and players or basketball players and coaches like when we're watching games sometimes i find myself watching them because they're they it just it's kind of a cool because i feel like they're watching it so much differently than i am yeah yeah i i see what you're saying um yes that that does happen um i haven't I've, there's only been one olympic since mine and i was actually working that olympic so i wasn't really with people that i could study it and then take time to watch it. But um, at gymnastics events, for example, you know, all the way throughout the year, even if I'm not commentating it from just there as a spectator, I can see, you know, people watching me or asking me certain questions, you know, was that good? What, what does she need to do differently? And so that's kind of a cool thing and something that I like to, to give back to people because they really just want to learn more and, and be interested in the sport just like I was you know, how many years ago. So it's, it's a cool, easy thing that I can do to, to help evolve and, and grow sports in general. Yeah, and it's cool too because your expertise is gymnastics. And I think I always say this, that my favorite event in any Olympics is always women's gymnastics because what you guys are able Aww. to accomplish is I'm dead serious. I think it is the most, I'm glued to the television watching those, uh, those games. I think it is absolutely amazing. And just how athletic you guys are, um, to be able to, to, to do what you do. I can't even imagine walking across a balance beam, not alone, like jumping and flipping and, and turn I just, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me to, uh, to see it. And obviously we have an opportunity to see some of the best gymnasts in the world in the PAC 12 conference. And I found myself yep. watching uh, a lot of different events, just, uh, some great performances as well. It's, it's truly special. And, and Sam, we really appreciate you stopping by the show. I know, 
once again, we're we're taping ahead of time, but I know you're in Rio, so I will wish you right now a great time in Rio covering the covering Thank the Olympic you. Games. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's going to be, I think, an exciting um, an Olympics for, I mean, all of USA in general, but for the gymnastics, everyone's going to want to tune in because I think it's going to be a year that sets records for sure. Well, I know I'm not going to miss a second of the gymnastics once the Olympic Games kick up. Really appreciate Samantha stopping by and and sharing some of her experiences of the Olympic Games. Uh, Obviously, it's been a ton of fun to watch a lot of the stuff that's been happening in Rio. Next week, we're going to get back onto the football conversation. Rich Rodriguez, the head coach of Arizona football, is going to be stopping by with us. I said this last week at the end of the show with Jeremy Bloom, but Coach Rodriguez is probably the best storyteller of any coach that I've ever had the opportunity to interview. So I'm interested to get his take on, on what happens away from football, sort of a get to know Rich Rod episode. That's coming up next week on the Give Me a Sense podcast. Don't forget to continue to rate, review, and subscribe. It only takes just a couple seconds. At the end of the day, just hit that five star if you've been enjoying the show and make sure you tell your friends about it. Thanks as always for listening and downloading. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.